Welcome to the Lewis Jonker Podcast. Lewis is a speaker, storyteller, preacher and poet. Hope you get something out of this talk. What are you doing? A man walked through a construction site and approached one of the workers. What are you doing? Well, I'm just tightening bolts and fastening rivets. Do you ever feel like you were just? You're just attending church. You're just serving where possible. You're just on car park duty. You're just pouring coffee. You're just putting your two cents in the offering. You're just trying to do the best you can. You're just trying to love others. You're just praying with your children before bed. You're just trying to be kind to your colleagues. Just, just, just. I'm just public speaking. I'm just tightening bolts and fastening rivets. Do you ever feel like that? Well, then this sermon is for you. I am on the sermon wrap-up today, so I need to somehow compile the last 10 weeks of sermons and put them into some succinct package for you to possibly understand, and I'm going to give it a red-hot go. And I love speaking from 1 and 2 Kings, the historical books, specifically the Deuteronomistic history of Israel, and they are filled with interesting tidbits of information and stories that Jewish rabbis have often interpreted But I believe the modern Christian church has much to gain from their wisdom. And so when asked to wrap up our series on one another, I went straight to the books of Kings to see if I could find a way to put everything we've been learning this term into their pages or gain it from their pages. So let's see how I did. I'm going to be reading from 1 Kings 5. So... Let me begin that for us right now and let's see if I can somehow get our sermon series into this, <laughs> into this passage. Now Hiram, king of Tyre, sent his servants to Solomon when he heard that they had anointed him king in the place of his father. For Hiram always loved David. Sermon one, love one another. And Solomon sent word to Hiram, You know that David, my father, could not build the house for the name of the Lord, his God, because of the warfare which his enemies surrounded him, until the Lord put them under the soles of his feet. We all need to learn to get along with each other. You know that it's hard to work in time of war, and it's hard to build during the battle. Adversity stops progress, but Solomon had peace. And so I intend, because there's neither adversity or misfortune, and so I intend to build a house for the name of the Lord my God. As the Lord said to David my father, your son, whom I will set on your throne in your place, shall build the house for my name. Now therefore command the cedars of Lebanon be cut for me. I feel like that's a little bit of offer hospitality to one another. They're from different areas of the countryside, and yet he is offering the cedars of Lebanon. And my servants will your, join your servants. My servants will join your servants, serve one another. And I will pay you for your servants such wages as you set. For you know that there is no one among us who knows how to cut timber like the Sidonians. No one among us who knows how to cut timber like the Sidonians. I feel like that's encouraging. 
I feel like that's teaching, like you can teach our men how to cut the wood, and I feel like that's being humble towards one another, like, you know what, I'm not as good at cutting wood. Our people aren't as good at cutting trees down as your people are. So I feel like that's encouraging teaching and being humble. There's a few verses here where the two, the two leaders work out a trade deal. Well, yes, you can have our cedars in Lebanon for a certain amount of money or a certain amount of wheat. And then we get to verse 13, which says this. King Solomon drafted forced labor out of all Israel. And the draft numbered 30,000 men. And he sent them to Lebanon, 10,000 a month in shifts. That they would be a month in Lebanon and two months at home. Adonram was in charge of the draft. Solomon also had 70,000 burden bearers bear with one another, was last week's sermon, and 80,000 stone cutters in the hill country, besides Solomon's 3,300 chief officers who were over the work, who had charge for the people who carried out the work. At the king's command, they quarried out great costly stones in order to lay the foundation of the house with dressed stones. So Solomon's builders and Hiram's builders and the men of Gibel did the cutting and prepared the timber and the stone to build the house. And then the next passage is called Solomon builds the temple. They had a mammoth task before them. This was a big, massive construction site. 3,300 chief officers or team leaders, 30,000 men in shifts down to Lebanon, 70,000 burden bearers, which literally I looked it up in the, in the Greek and that just means they were people who had to carry loads. They were the laborers, 80,000 stone cutters. And I wonder if you asked any one of them, if you walked up to any one of them and you said, what are you doing? Perhaps one of them would say, I'm just cutting stone. Perhaps another would say, I'm just carrying a rock. Perhaps another would say, I'm just chopping down a tree. I wonder what you would say if you were in their position. So what are you doing? What are you doing? The man continues to walk through the construction site and finds another group of workers. And he asks them, what are you doing? And one of them replies, we are constructing a pillar. Like these men, maybe this is your perspective. It's a little bigger. You're not just tightening bolts or fastening rivets. You're constructing a pillar. You aren't just on car park, you're creating a welcoming atmosphere at Narara. You aren't just pouring coffee, you're the face of hospitality at NVBC. You're not just attending church, you're part of a local community. You're not just throwing in your two cents, you're contributing to regional mission. You're not just praying with your children before bed, you're fostering a faith-filled family. You're not just being kind to your colleagues, you're trying to bring a little bit of light into a little bit of darkness. What are you doing? We've had a great sermon series on one another. It's, it, it really has been good. We've been talking about how uh, we can be humble towards one another, how we can love one another, how we can serve one another, how we can forgive one another. And if we lived out these values that we've been learning about, our local church would truly be wonderful. 
Oh, the things we could achieve. Oh, the pillars that we could construct here at our little local church, NVBC. Oh, the things that we could do. The men that had a mammoth task, I want to think specifically about the 70,000 burden bearers. Some of them might have said, I'm just carrying a rock. But I tell you what, (laughs) they needed one another. I have seen... Well, I've seen the second temple, which Herod actually built, which was built in the place where Solomon's temple was. Technically, we don't exactly know where Solomon's temple was because they haven't done, uh, what do you call it, archaeology at the site of the Temple Mount because of the religious tension that is at that area. But it's very potential that the stones that were used in Herod's renovation of the temple were the same stones that Solomon used. And here is me in Israel standing by some of these stones. They're pretty big. They call this dry construction, which means there's no cement in between the stones. They almost fit together like Lego pieces. And one of the stones is very, very, very big. And I've walked past it, and it was cold. Just uh, wait for that to pass. (laughs) This is a quick one. That's usually they go a lot longer. (laughs) I've walked past it. And the surface of the stone was surprisingly smooth and was cold to the touch. And it's called the Western Stone. 13.5 times 3 times 2 metres. They estimate it's between 300 to 570 tonnes, this Western Stone. And you can walk underneath through these passages to find the foundation of the wall. Above this stone is Muslim reconstruction of the temple after it was destroyed. But this stone is one of the bedrocks of the temple and it is massive 300 to 570 tons dry construction no cement primitive technology they had to quarry the stone get it out of the quarry get it to the foundation there came a point where people were raiding Israel Romans came to raid Israel and destroy the temple And they saw this stone and they knew that this stone must have been of great symbolic value to Israel because for Israel to be able to get this stone into position perfectly lined up to this day, a documentary in 2021 said that no one knows how they possibly did it. It seems impossible. And so when the uh, Romans came through to destroy the temple, they decided that we're going to try to destroy this rock. So they pushed all the stones off the top, pushed all the stones off the top and they got to this stone and they huffed and they puffed, and they tried to blow the stone down, but they could not move it. And so the Romans went, how the heck did this stone get here? I'll tell you how. 70,000 burden bearers. (laughs) You can imagine them all crouching around one hand, one hand, everyone lift. (laughs) 300 to 570 tons, 70,000 people trying to get a hand. You know, I'm the guy that's standing off to the side. I'm one of the 3,300 team leaders. I'm going, I'm here for moral support. Good work, boys. You got this. And heave. For context, that's about the weight of a 747, but without the wheels. They put this stone into their temple wall. (laughs) Don't we need one another? And I wonder if you ask one of the burden barriers, bearers as they're carrying the stone. And now, of course, I'm speculating here because <laughs> the archaeologists—it could have been aliens. I mean, we're not going to believe that, but they just have no idea. They're carrying the stone, and you ask one of them, and the first guy said, "I'm just carrying a rock." But the next guy, a few people down the line, I'm building a wall. 
I'm not just carrying a rock, I'm building a wall. I'm building a wall. We need one another. They needed one another. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. And 70,000 burden bearers are better than none because they have a good reward for their toil. And there's proof of it in Israel. It is truly amazing. So what are you doing? The man continues to walk through the construction site and sees another worker using the same tools as the previous men. What are you doing? And the man replies, I'm building a bridge. I don't know if you've put the pieces together yet, but all of the men were building the Sydney Harbour Bridge. 60 million hand-driven rivets, nine years to build, 1,400 workers, 16 even lost their lives in the construction, but they weren't sacrificing themselves just to drive rivets or just to construct pillars and beams. They were building the glory of Australia. And Solomon's men, all the workers, the burden bearers, the stone cutters, all of these men, they weren't just carrying rocks. They weren't just building walls. They were building a temple. And it was the temple of the glory of God. And we know it's the temple of the glory of God because in, in um, Chronicles, which is another recount of the same story, as soon as Solomon has finished building his temple, he prays a dedication over the temple. And it says that as soon as he had finished his prayer, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. They weren't just carrying rocks. They weren't just building a wall. They were building a temple for the glory of God. And I wonder what your perspective might be. You are not just, you're not just pouring coffee. You're building a kingdom and bringing glory to God. You're not just on the car park team. You're building a kingdom and bringing glory to God. You're not just throwing your two cents in the offering for regional mission. You are building a kingdom and bringing glory to God. I am not just public speaking and I am not just preaching to the people of Narara, but I pray and hope that my role is to help build the kingdom and bring glory to God. And if it's ever not that, would I stop? Because I don't just want to be a public speaker and I don't want to just think, inshallah, here, this, these four walls of Narara. I want to build a kingdom and I want to bring glory to God. I wonder what your perspective is what are you doing? I've presented three different perspectives here. Three different perspectives. The first is I'm just shooting rivets. I'm just carrying a stone. The second is I'm just building a pillar or I'm building a wall or I'm building my local community. And the third is I'm building a bridge. 
I'm building a temple. I'm building a kingdom for the glory of God. Now comes the part where I really try to tie it into our theme for the year and our sermon series. The first perspective is like a branch. If I was to come and ask any one of you, what are you doing? And you might say, well, I'm just a branch. I'm just being a branch. I'm just doing what a branch does. Every now and then you'll see a, a, a pile of grapes come out of my limb and fruit to, fruit to bear. I'm just a branch. I don't know if you've ever sat here at Narara and felt like, well, I'm just a branch. Maybe you felt... Um, cut off or ostracized. It's so easy to happen. We, can have, we could have all the best systems in the world and it wouldn't change the fact that people can sit in this room and sometimes feel disconnected or lonely. Just a branch. Or you might make, wake up really early. Shout out to Andy and Glenn who are here really early to set up the coffee machine. And uh, sometimes it's really hard to wake up really early. And as you're pulling out the coffee machine with the little wheels that sometimes get stuck and, and as, you're, as it's rocking and toing and froing and you're pulling out the coffee machine and you're trying to plug it in, you're trying to warm it up and you're here before everyone else and you might just feel like, oh, I'm just a branch. I'm just pouring coffee. Sorry to pick on you too. It can feel like you were just a branch. This, this scenario is really focused on self. It's focused on self. The Dalai Lama if I'm allowed to say that in a Christian church, would say that all anxiety comes from self-focus and that the release from anxiety comes from uh, altruism or thinking about others. Now, because we are in a Christian setting, I better talk about what Jesus said, paraphrasing Matthew 6, when he says, don't worry about what you're going to wear, don't worry about what you're going to eat, don't worry about you, but seek first the kingdom and all these things shall be added to you. We need a higher perspective. We aren't just, not self-focused, but kingdom-focused, a higher perspective. Jesus definitely said some good words. <laughs> the second perspective, we're just a bunch of branches. We're just a bunch of branches. Our one another series almost focuses on a bunch of branches as the vine connects to each other, as the vine, as the branches interlock. What church do you go to? Well, I go to Narara Valley Baptist Church. Who's your pastor? We don't know. <laughs> and uh, th this is the temptation of someone who is employed by a local church to be really local church focused, to invest all the energy in the local church. I think, about, uh, I think about our youth ministry. There is no doubt that I go online and I check out other youth ministries' Instagrams. And I think either A, oh, our night was better than theirs, or B, geez, I wish I, wish I worked there. <laughs> 
this comparison. It's like, I think, insular and like local. And there's this whole thing about, well, I want to be good at my job, so I want to build this thing so that people know I'm worth my value. There's this insular thinking. Or maybe we can think that way about the coffee machine or setting up the chairs or about being on car park. It becomes local church focused, very specific. And it's very good to connect with the branches. We do need one another and we need every single one of you. But it's just this middle perspective. Building a local community in church is good. Soccer clubs do it. Football clubs do it. It's good, but there needs to be a higher perspective. I think of uh, 1 Corinthians 3. That's the wrong page. 1 Corinthians 3. It says this, from 4 onwards. For one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos. But you are not being, are you not being merely human? What then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you believed, as the Lord assigned to each. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. He who plants and he who waters are one, and each will receive his wages according to his labor. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. You are God's field, God's building. It's not that you follow Paul or follow Apollos. It's not that your pastors, Pastor Craig or uh, Pastor Mark, check down the road at Hope You See. You are God's field. You are God's building. You are God's church. It's not so insular. It isn't so local. Building these things is good. It's, what I'm, it's part of what I'm employed to do. But I want to think a bigger perspective. I want to be God's field. Oh, oh I had those scriptures on the screen. Uh-oh. Oh, Yep. Just to prove that what I read was actually from the Bible, I love that it says, for we are God's fellow workers, you are God's field, comma, God's building. I just love that. I love that. I love that. I love that. And the third perspective, you're not just a branch, you're not just intertwined branches, but you are God's field. You are part of the vine, part of the vineyard as the Father tends to his creation. You are God's field. I am urging you to a higher calling, a higher perspective, a higher vision. I think about in 1 Peter, he he says this, you yourselves are like living stones being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. A higher perspective, a higher calling. Bam camp was amazing. And any youth leader could think, well, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just on night duty watch, just making sure no kids run away. I'm just running the games, Zach Bryant. <laughs> I'm just looking after the year 10 boys, Josh Kay. <laughs> I'm just up on stage public speaking, trying to be as funny as possible so they'll listen to me. Or we could think, I'm just building the valley youth. 
I'm just building the Valley Youth. We're getting lots of numbers, biggest numbers we've ever had. Kids are, kids are, kids are connecting, kids are getting along with each other. We did a prayer last night at youth. I did a simple prayer. I wanted to see Gage in the room how it was. And I said, you know, you might have put your hand up at BAM camp, but if you're considering baptism, but you're afraid of it, and you don't know how to speak to a leader about it, or you just don't understand because of the way we talk about it at church, I want you to put your hand up and I want to pray for you to have confidence. 16 young people put up their hand to say that I am thinking about, I know in my heart I'm meant to get baptised, but I'm afraid. Which, is a, which I think is a problem in the Western church that we've made baptism something that's really hard to achieve in the way that we talk about it and the way that we put some certain roadblocks in place, but I don't want to get into that. But 16 young people want to be baptised here at Narara Valley Baptist Church, and please pray for them that they might have the confidence to talk to their leaders about that. And we can think we're just building the Valley Youth, and you saw the video, we're just, we're just creating a video about the Valley Youth, but there's a higher perspective. I want to be a youth pastor that's not just building here, I want to build the kingdom for the glory of God. I want our youth ministry to be part of a kingdom that brings glory to God. Living stones, part of a temple that brings glory to God. That's what I want to be here at this church. That's what I want to be. It took 1,400 people to build the Harbour Bridge. 183,300 to build Solomon's Temple. And to build a kingdom, it takes the 2.18 billion Christians around the globe, including us happy few at Narara, of every age, gender and ethnicity, in all our diversity of personality and gift, from the car park to the pulpit. So will you join me? Because it takes each of us. We need to reconnect to one another and reconnect to God to bring him glory and build his kingdom. And so I do ask, what are you doing? What is your perspective? Are you just fastening rivets? Are you just carrying a rock? Perhaps you feel like you're building a pillar, you're part of a team, you're part of a local community. You're building a wall. Or perhaps you know that you're building a bridge. Perhaps you know that you are building a temple, each and every one of us living stones. Perhaps you know that you are building a kingdom. You are part of a vineyard and that we are here not for ourselves but to bring glory to God. I ask, what are you doing?